happy birthday, honey. Oh, I, I didn't think no, we were, we're actually yet. starting. No, we're, we're going to start with happy birthday, John. That's how it's going to start. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say it to my fucking self. <laughs> happy birthday, John, you <laughs> lovely son of a bitch. And a happy, happy birthday to us on our one-year anniversary retrospective after-party special bonanza, which will probably be the same length as a regular after-party, so disregard the bonanza part. Does bonanza mean it's longer? Bonanza means a variety <laughs> of trade things. trade beans. It's an old, it's a Western show from the it's 70s. It's a card game. I mean, I it's love the game Bonanza. Uh, I like Rosenberg to call it game. beans. Yeah. Oh, John is old. John <laughs> is say John. old. We're just a one-year-old. He's he's forty-nine years of experience. He's one year and forty-nine years of experience. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can bleep yeah. it out if he doesn't want his age out. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. I'm uh, yeah, probably three quarters. Is that what to happens death. when you're over the hill? You just stop caring. <laughs> three quarters. I had to take a second to do that math and. To figure out whether or not you were being, you were overestimating or underestimating, and uh, yeah, I think you got it right. <laughs> I'm on target, yeah. I didn't do the math either. I just, just always go by fractions. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's grim. Oh my goodness. Okay, we're we we are actually here to celebrate our one year anniversary and just kind of shoot the shit like we usually do and talk about the show. Yep. Hey, it's um, the day that we're recording is my mom's birthday. Wow, no one cares. She is, so that's terrible. You haven't been able to get her to listen yet, so. She doesn't love me enough. I already knew that before we started podcasting, though. Yeah, that's that's understandable. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we going to talk about on this one-year anniversary? One year, now we've been recording since I think it was end of january of 19 yep. right yeah. and then our first release was right. on april 1st quite a backup i've done a summary of starting with episode ones um so if you guys just want to <laughs> hold on for a sec i'll get us rolling here okay right correct <laughs> right uh-huh well, hold now, on a second i only have about 32 hours and four minutes of disk space for recording that should be I perfect need a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we've got some interesting stuff to reflect on and and talk about. We also have some kind of listener comments as well that we can chat about if any of them are relevant. So, yeah, I'm fucking done with the show. I don't yeah. know about you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been it's been great. Everything else is ending. Why the fuck not? We just end this too. <laughs> the world is ending. World employment podcast. Why the fuck not? <laughs> We have more time to record now. Let's just word it like that. <laughs> I got all the fucking time in the world now. That's for damn sure. Get ready. It's 2020, April, May, June, July, May. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Oh, so let's talk about what the hell we've been doing for yeah. a year. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, if we, I don't know if we've ever talked about, you know, I don't know. We started this thing in in January of 19. We actually started talking about doing something, you know, way back in October of 18, I think, when I look back through it. And, you know, I think the the whole D&D thing was just a way for us to to get together and play and introduce the audios to 
what the hell we enjoy about role playing. So the audios, all right. The Ooh. audios. That's the way I say it in America. It's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> so you want to start there about what the hell we've been, or what brought that all on, or how you got what you guys think? You got a bunch of crap here on this page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which uh, which which question are Leland you referring it. to here? Well, well, okay, yeah, like, like John said, we we start the we start the show all just again we we kind of touched on how a lot of these podcasts get started last last after party is you know we're just a bunch of uh, peeps getting together and playing and kind of just threw it out there a little bit, especially at the beginning. Uh, obviously, we didn't really. I mean, we had a bit of direction, but certainly. With producing a live play show, which is something not none of us had ever done before, mm-hmm. there was minimal direction. And obviously, it was a lot of by the seat of our pants and off the cuff decisions we were making and admittedly still continue to make <laughs> to this day. So that hasn't changed. Sure. So don't, don't worry about that, listener. <laughs> That'll keep going on. Don't expect that. <laughs> Anything new there. <laughs> We've gotten better at editing it out. I mean, we meaning you, but yeah, yeah, I'm a pro at editing out Elena's bullshit now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and injecting more of my own. So, yeah, yeah, it all balances out. But obviously, in chapter one, we started as a way to teach how to play, and that was mainly because we had half of the players were brand new. To any type of tabletop role playing game, right? You, you two had Bill and Elena had uh, never TTRPG'd before, right? Yeah, we oh, sure. we essentially. I mean, it was looking back, it it was a bit ballsy, really, of us to just start recording with with the two of, with Elena and I who had never played. And anything we just pushed before. you right in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, um, I did a little bit of. Uh, part of what convinced, I've said this before, but I listened to some uh, D&D podcast, which was part of what convinced me I I would give it a shot, gave me the courage to give it a shot. Um, so I knew a little bit from that. I learned a bit from osmosis, but yeah, we were very, very green. I just went back and listened to uh, um, our first few episodes today. Oof. And um, oh boy, <laughs> did did we ever, yeah. did we ever have a lot to learn? All I know is I heard myself say, uh, I'm from the Phelaren Forest. And Bill's like, oh. And I was like, where all the elves are from, you idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that right away, first episode. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty good line. One of the first things Bryn <laughs> says to Falzern is, where all the elves are from, you idiot. I just was sass from the beginning. And I did, like, uh, Leland had some questions just to get us, like, thinking. But, like, one of my comments that I had made was... Uh, like in general, I think Bill and I, as new players, had like inverse situations and g- grew in opposite directions. So like I felt more comfortable just being some character, whatever, sassy, role-playing, improv, whatever, knew nothing about the game. So you're describing the Arcanist to me. Um, a breastplate, gauntlets, all these mean nothing to me. Like I knew what a gauntlet was from watching uh, Avengers. Like that's it. <laughs> That's how I knew about it. It was very recent. Like, I, I'm not into the lore, and I wasn't listening to podcasts. I, like, the terminology, stuff like that. I'd be like, what's a saving throw? Like, I'm just completely, completely out of it, right? But then Bill had some of that knowledge, and he had to engross himself in that knowledge as well, I'm understanding now, because of being a, a magic user. 
Well, he didn't have that much knowledge. You know what the fuck a buckler no, gaunt- was. Gauntlets are not little round shields. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> bucklers. bucklers, whatever. But like, he was less comfortable with the role playing. And I mean, listen to Falzer and now he can start talking for five minutes sometimes. Totally. I mean, yeah, he talks slow, but I mean, he's role playing. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. So, do you two think that this learning to play this way was beneficial? Or do you think it hampered? Like, very clearly, it's influenced the way the two of you have developed as role players. And and again, I think a lot of that is also on the 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 game master's style as well f- on with new players, right? If you introduce new players into a game that is major uh, more combat heavy, then they're gonna be used to and learn to expect combat 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 so one one of the points i here have here about our show in general is all of like chapter one's entire motif of course influenced our show and and uh, and, and it did build it to, it built it to what it is now so so looking back it's always i mean i i am i'm still really glad the way we started the show but would we have been better off the five of us just playing for a couple months without it recording anything? I don't know. Yeah, so I think there's a there's a couple things you bring up there. One is do I think that do I think it was good the way that I learned how to play D&D? And I think yes. And now I don't want to sound like I'm um showering myself with praises because I I'm not a pro voice actor and I'm not a, I'm not great at improv but I'm kind of glad that I learned how to play D&D and that I learned how to role play in a game that is more role play heavy because my inclination would be in another situation to just never get good at role playing because I find that uncomfortable and it's what I don't have a lot of natural talent at that so it, in a different situation, I may have, you know, I may have developed into a completely different role player who basically doesn't role play and just is there for the combat sort of thing, which is fun. But I'm really glad that I got, I was forced to step outside my comfort, comfort zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the way things that, went. Well, that's, that's cool here. You have Isabella to thank for that. <laughs> yes, he certainly was a big player. Injected in that. that in there. I want to know what John and Emily think because they weren't new. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think we should have played before a little bit, gotten better with each other? It would have changed the dynamic of the podcast. Definitely, it wouldn't have been. It would have been a smoother start, but then we wouldn't have had all the learning things you guys would have wouldn't be still learning when we were starting to release the podcast so it wouldn't have been a learning podcast it would have just been another podcast yeah and i think we would have expected things of each other right it wouldn't have been as natural uh i think we just went into it like we set the tone the first thing i said to you was you were an app yeah that was funny it was it was just trying to just have fun and play and and not worry about you know I didn't ever. I had I had little to no expectations that the show was going to do anything. I just wanted to have fun and play around, and I always wanted to do a, a role play heavy thing. So I thought, let's just do that and have fun with it. And then everybody just since that was the tone from the beginning, I think we just developed that. So 
no, I think it was great to start out the way we did. And it and it really grew into the the story that it is today. I yeah, I completely agree with all of that for sure. And yeah, it's funny you say like who who the hell knew what to expect when we started. I mean, I, when we started, none of us had met in person, right. and right. Uh, you all have yet to meet me in person. It's just, just we're, we were yeah, all just that's kind of ridiculous. Like we we're all just crazy. fucking randos on the internet. So. <laughs> The world is not making it easy on us to meet you right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> You've never been more than four inches tall to me. Yeah. Well, I am going to blow your mind of of person. <laughs> I mean, if he's not lying about his height, he's taller than Bill. So we got... Yeah, he's a giant. Um, I wrote down my thoughts. So let's see. Like, to answer your question of, like, should we have played together for a few months before producing a show, I said, maybe, but we'll never know. And, like, I have no regrets and loved how we started off and how it was made so approachable to me. Like, literally every little aspect of the game was explained at first and it needed to be to be understood by myself. And I told Bill this, like, um, I we shared a player's handbook at first and I was pretty much never opening that thing up. Like I built my character and as I leveled up, I was listening to what you guys said and helped me out. And like, I just learned and memorized that way. And I mean, I recommended the podcast to a friend who is now our number one listener and she never knew how to play. Like she's learned how to play. What if we took that whole aspect away? That's just, I don't know. Uh, you're just in another group playing, you know. True, true. I mean, we we were very clearly trying to cater to a specific audience, uh, absolutely. And at the time, uh, we we were trying to set ourselves apart. Now we're just like every other show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you guys think that if we played another RPG that's new to us, that we wouldn't end up doing the same thing? We probably would explain what we're doing as we go. Probably. That's I don't know. That's a good question. Um, we've never really had that right? conversation because we got listeners that maybe don't know the other role playing games, and we that's don't, true. Sure, that's I very don't. true. And I definitely want to get into playing some other systems for sure. Other one, other yeah. one shot systems. Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I think we'd have to just definitely discuss that. I think that kind of touches on the the second part of what you're asking, Leland, and and I have some thoughts on that. So, I think. The way we started was good and bad. I think it was good because it it allowed... I really like that we did start off with our vision of demystifying D&D and role-playing games in general and, and teaching how it all works. Um, so someone could pick up our podcast who's never played before or listened to another RPG show before and learn how to play as they go. I think that's awesome. And and we've we've had listeners write in telling us that they knew nothing about D&D before listening to our show and now are trying to find a group or are interested in playing. And that's amazing. And so from that perspective, I think it's I think it's worth it that we did that. But I'm really surprised at how many people from the board game sphere who is kind of who we were targeting, assuming that a lot of board gamers haven't ever done RPGs, a lot of them have or are still playing RPGs. So I think... Listening as me, me now a year later going back and listening to our first episode is kind of like, oh boy, like there's some very, very basic stuff that I'm having to listen to Bill and Elena, listen to Bill and Elena struggle through here. <laughs> yeah, but we, I mean, that it, 
I think those laughs are the point. Like it's literally yeah, it's endearing from square one as well. teaching that we can do it. And well, yeah. my favorite part of the show is listening to the two of you struggle. I just can't get it. No, my favorite part of the show is your growth as players. Like quite frankly, yeah. listening uh, uh, right from the beginning until now, it's just yeah, it's phenomenal. And, and that's really cool. If someone wants to jump into a really polished, um, cohesive group that like is used to playing together, they're going to get that quality now downloading the newer episodes. But I mean, if they're like, oh, these guys are all right, let's download all of it. It's going to be a rude awakening. It's different. It's jarring. Like the audio's worse. Like in general. Sure. Like your background yeah. music, the sound effects, our role playing, our ability to like listen to each other and know when one's talking. Like it's just been way better. For sure. We've upgraded equipment as we've gone along and we've gotten a lot better at knowing how to use our equipment and and work with each other in in this format and on many different levels we've improved a lot so i'm really proud of how far we've come you can edit me out when i'm talking over bill now i mean that like we talked at the same time a lot in early episodes i think that was the most significant improvement we made is when you two got into different rooms (laughs) (laughs) when we bought a second mic and 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 i started lying about my dice rolls yeah i was gonna say everybody everything got a lot easier when you guys moved into win 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 we started actually hitting things and say successes on all the saving throws it was amazing how much better it got Leland is shaking his head right now. <laughs> well, the, I like I know I it's it. the ladies too. Like I know it's the ladies. It's not. It's not John right. and Bill. I because know. Because we know you'll forget. It's absolutely Emily right. and Elena. Like I really haven't in a long time. I mean, we haven't played in a while. But I really. Haven't <laughs> oh, wow, you know, I haven't. I haven't fudged a roll since February twenty second. The last time we played, it's been forever. <laughs> I think I haven't fudged a roll since. We were on the rising three. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to fucking know. The fact that you can even mention the time frame in which you did it. <laughs> Just don't tell me. I don't I'm incorrigible. Know. What do you want from me? I do it so often I don't even know when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. She's brazen about I it. Don't. I really don't. <laughs> Just the balls you know, on you, that woman. You can roll dice on roll 20. Yeah, yeah, I don't well, think we need to implement. Although I did roll better on roll twenty than I do in real life, so maybe we do need. You to did because you never actually did. This actually is like touch the double the check. Like she's gonna roll dice. John has to run upstairs, <laughs> double check, watch her roll it. John will pass out after about the third roll. I just increased Emily and Elena's DCs by fifteen, so it's, it's actually really <laughs> easy. Hey, 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 hey! No, 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 yeah. no, no! You can balance. This it is out. too behind the screen. Here. <laughs> I mean, you did you did pose the question, Leland, if we moved away from the teaching aspect too late or too early, like. But I mean, my answer to that is like we organically were moving away from the teaching as I didn't have to ask you what do I add to that, what do I add to that, like every single time we played, right? Like it was. It was naturally us learning. I think the teaching, it went away from the teaching part and then it became more rules correction, right? True, and, yep. And then you got to sort of remember that, you know, the DM sort of makes the rules. They're, the rules are there for guidelines. And then you don't need, if you start getting bogged down by all of that uh, every episode, then 
that, that it sort of sucks a lot of the fun out of the role-playing part of it. Because when you get on a good role-playing role and everybody's going back and forth, you don't want to interrupt that situation for, you know, a small rules correction or something. Just keep going. Right, right, right. And, and yeah, I, I think you are both spot on. As Lana said, it, it did just become that we were moving it away, away from it. We didn't make the decision to move away mm-hmm. from it. The show yeah. and the show's theme uh, grew with the players. And then it came to the point where, okay, yes, we were starting to get bogged down a little bit. And now in chapter two, we certainly are, again, we're, we're way, we're full in on the role play and we're, we're less about bogging it down with the rules. Uh, I mean, even in, actually, I forgot to mention in the last after party in Sasha 74, like, uh, dispel magic, like Mia, you, you have to roll to do it right. Like, you, so you could fail doing it, but. It was such a good – I wouldn't want to interrupt and be like, well, hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't want us to have those goddamn glasses either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think that it was just natural, and I think that, like, as weirdly uh, – what am I trying to think of? As weird as it was to lose my first character, which Bill has yet to do, uh, it could be coming up soon, right? But, yeah, I'll pop that cherry. But like, <laughs> yeah, creating a new character. Uh, we had a second player's handbook at that point, and like, I really started reading it more cover to cover. And we had played long enough that I even could understand it because I think it was a little bit foreign to me too to just pick it up and try to read it without actually playing many sessions. So. That and the one-shot creating a character really helped me learn a lot, and that was off mic. So right, right, right. Some of our learning, and we've listened to other role-playing podcasts and stuff, so some of the learning for me eventually came, but I literally, for our first few months of recording, like put no effort into it other than showing up with a character sheet and being like, where is that? And like maybe that's annoying for you guys, but it helped me really learn it. <laughs> I think you're also a bit fortunate that you're like a rogue there's there's less to know i think right oh yeah she's easier to play oh yeah i I think uh rogue is a very good starting class for newer players bill do you regret being a wizard first (laughs) um i feel bad for i feel bad for people listening to the first handful of episodes because of how little how poorly i knew my character but i Honestly, it's if and when Falsey gets squished, like the squishy wizard that he is, it's going to be really tough for me to make another character that's not a wizard because I just, <laughs> I love, I love what the class is. So, so yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't a smart choice for someone who knew nothing about how to play D&D because there was a lot to learn and it took me a while to get it all down. And I'm, you know, I still don't have it hundred percent down. I have to look things up from time to time, whatever, but. I really, I really, really enjoy playing a wizard. I think it was a great choice for the podcast. Yeah. Because as a magic user. <laughs> as a magic user, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> Emily and John, you two at the time. Emily, have you played, had you played a barbarian before? And John, nope. I think you you had never played a ranger before either, right? So again, we're, we're, you get to experience some new classes. And then I know, uh, Emily, you have, this is first Paladin you've played as well yep. with Shakara. So there's still lots of news for even the two veteran players. Um, 
I mean, Shaft is basically a rogue with ranger type right. type. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's really Shakara doesn't forget her aura anymore. She helps Keck with it and everything, and it's like, how come you couldn't remember it? Because I'd only dying. been a paladin for like two hours. <laughs> I know that's that's what I'm saying. It's all like just it is what it is, and like it's been a freaking blast. I don't regret any of our decisions because we wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it is. It is the way it is because of the way sure. that it is. So trial by fire is the way to go. <laughs> I, I thought so. I don't know, but that's just me. I'm ask Bill. I'm like grit, grin and bear it, and like get it over with. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm a very, I have very poor organizational skills. I've never been a good student in school. I mean, thankfully, I've got a couple neurons floating around in my head, so I'm able to still get good grades with it, having terrible organization <laughs> skills. But anyway, someone who's not like me probably wouldn't find it so difficult because they would make use of of habits that could, you know, they'd they'd have spell cards written out. They might have you know, I don't know, lots of different things out there that you can do to make D&D easier for yourself in the moment. So you've got everything right in front of you. So, yeah, I, I think anyone really could do it if, if you've got the desire. I think, yeah, I think it, I mean, it does have a lot to depend on your play group, uh, especially if you are like forming a group of acquaintances, really. I mean, obviously, we're all BFFs now, but <laughs> so so. But also, your your dungeon master too. I mean, I surprisingly incredibly patient in chapter one. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It is. I go back and listen to. It, I'm like, what? What's wrong with this? Why is yeah. he being so <laughs> nice? He's a, and what happened? He's a to deep sigh. Leland's a deep sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that has a lot to do with do with it too. You can tell how our level of comfort has really that's true gone up and up and up. It it, it trends with Leland's lack of uh, sympathy. For us. <laughs> I think apart from class and race and those kind of things, you know, the the sort of the staples of of who you are. I think the the biggest thing that I found playing with you guys in this game is the investment in the actual character like of shaft as i envision him i of these things that he's like and and who he is and why he's doing the things he's doing and and you get an investment into the the actual character it doesn't really matter that like you said leland if he's more of a thief than a ranger or you know i don't even necessarily envision the whole uh halfling thing too much uh until it's you know good for a joke um but it is the how these characters from from episode one to where they are today, how those characters have changed and and grown and and became you know a piece of who we are as uh, as players, I think that's the cool part. So I think Ghost is probably decomposing now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for the second time. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny you don't think about the halfling thing. I think about what we look like walking down the street together all the time. No, I think about it in that aspect, but I don't think about it as a character trait. Like, I mean, there's mechanics to that. And I don't always think about that until we get into a battle or, you know, I know the lucky feet has came in from time to time. And But I don't think about the racial traits and the and the uh, fact that he's a ranger. 
you know, rather than just a sort of a half slimy ass bastard kind of guy is much more shaft than ranger or halfling. So uh, my question is to you guys is with your characters now, how do you feel that they've grown from the inception to where they are today with Gozer and Shakara and, you know, Bryn and Mia, Mia. I got really (laughs) sad thinking about Bryn. There was so much I wanted to do with Bryn. I wasn't ready. Like she wasn't ready to die. So yeah, I was just starting to like, there were so many deep childhood wounds and like reasons for her to be the way she was. And I was trying to slowly close them change her a little bit yeah and like heal them with the like misfit party that we ended up in and it just didn't happen and uh it was sad and like it was it was a crazy grief process that i wasn't ready to expect because it was unexpected but i don't know playing mia has become easier it took me it was definitely uncomfortable at first and i think if i listened back i would hear that too but um, it's only been three days with the party for Mia. So hmm. right. there's a question about that, too. Like, this has only been the whole year that we've recorded and released. It's been a, a month of game time. Yeah, that's a, a little less, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think Mia in, like, three days, two nights with you guys has shown some things. Unless we spent a night on the boat. I don't remember. So maybe it's been four. But anyway... How do you feel about Gozer's arc? You kind of had a say in the end of it. Yeah, I mean, Gozer died because I was ready to move on from Gozer. Especially after Thuff died. That kind of... I don't know. uh, Gozer annoyed me. Playing Gozer annoyed me. And that wasn't as much fun. So Annoyed you how? Just the, the speech pattern and the fact that she didn't really say full sentences. And I know that's fully my fault and that's what I made her be but the fact that I would say something and nobody had any clue what I was trying to say because I couldn't use Mm -hmm. more words (laughs) and I was just I mean I I liked Gozer's unpredictability and the chaoticness of being Gozer that was fun and I'm sure it drove Leland nuts but I enjoyed that I, I think a good suggestion, if you ever play a half-orc again, that he be at least half-Scottish. <laughs> at least, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had to learn how to do that. Then we could really understand <laughs> you. Because yeah. Leland can say a lot of words and we don't understand him. But <laughs> Yeah, if your character can at least, if you can understand at least half of what Emily's next half-orc character says, then you're already a quarter <laughs> up mean, on Gozer. A- <laughs> As a listener and a friend and a fan, like, I'm happy that Emily now has some say in our, like, group and talks (laughs) and, like, helps us. Because there are just so many things that, especially the way Gozer went to the sort of dark, depressed, who cares about anything. Like, she, we weren't connecting dots. There was, it was kind of, like you said, you were done with that character. And, uh, like, Shakar is definitely invested in part of this plot, and helping helping us might be a little bit of a strong word right now, but... <laughs> well, the only problem with the way that Shakara talks is I do get a little lightheaded if I have to say too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Shakara speaks even slower than Faldrin does. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, impressive, it's constant. Really. 
Falzern has like big breaks between his words. Shakara is constantly <laughs> making noise. It just takes a long time to get out. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the tragic thing to me about about Gozer is that she was always on the decline, and she never got that moment. Maybe a little briefly when Thuff came around and with Thuffed around, but really she never got that that light at the end of the tunnel yeah. that Bryn almost and was on her way to reach it. I mean, for Gozer, the reason Gozer is even out of the mountains is because she's down in the dumps and nearly dead or yeah. wanted dead. And then yeah. it's just kind of one just, shit like, thing after another. I never another. got to use druid spells other than cast light or whatever stuff stupid little produce flame like or produce flame that's right because like um i just had plans for her to actually care about this side quest because she was so obsessed with the tower job like being in the contract with shaft and i had her like hopefully going to be what's the animal thing that you get level two shape yeah, like I wanted wild shape, man. Ugh. Well, you could have. Mia could have been a full druid. Yeah, I. <laughs> there was a lot that went into the decision of becoming a cleric. I I think we've talked. Yeah, about we've it. we've touched Basically, on it. Basically, there was a lot of pressure, but at the same time, I also really, really got into this idea of like a hammer wielding badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> but yeah. I love Mia, though. She's awesome. Well, when Shakara kills Mia, you can pick out a druid next well, time. I do, do want to say, that, like, with Gozer, Gozer was, I wasn't excited about where Gozer was going. I was kind of, mm. I was just done with Gozer. But with Shakara, I am super excited about her storyline right now and, and what's going on. And you're the only one. I want to see where it goes. <laughs> well, I do hope you are all excited uh, about your character's storyline, I, I know it. I always struggle with because to me, it, honestly, it just feels like a lot of it is always around Falzern, and I hope it doesn't feel that way for all of you. No, it feels like Falzern and Shaft, but then Shakara recently injected, and I mean, I've only been around three days, so well, don't don't time, don't worry. I hopefully, I sur- years is coming. Don't, hopefully, I survive yeah. to see the storyline. <laughs> yeah, I I. I totally hear your point, Leland, and I think actually we had a bit of an off-mic check-in a while back about how's everyone feeling about where the campaign is going, and I had brought up that I'm, you know, I I worry that it's a bit of a Falzerin show lately, and everything that we're doing plot-wise has a big influence from Falzerin's story, and I, I would encourage other people to do that as well. I think it's a really good habit to check in with the group on a regular basis and make sure that everyone's having fun. You're talking about us be, or the listeners? Be honest with any, the, uh, any listeners. Group. Yeah, if, I, I completely agree. Uh, that's a great thing for a, any group to do. Because this is this is supposed to be something you do in your off time to unwind. It's supposed to be a, a fun hobby. So the worst possible thing is that you're stuck in a campaign or in a group where you're not having fun. And some people are too shy to speak up about that unless they're asked. So... Right, right. I think that's a good thing to have. Well, I mean, the great thing, I know it's funny when, Elena, you say it, you feel like it's Falsy and Shaft. The great thing about John is J- John implements himself. Like, 
that's why John's a great role player. Is Shaft will just Shaft just puts himself into what he thinks he needs to put himself into. It's like I don't even have to sprinkle <laughs> anything really for Shaft because John is just like any any crumb that I drop off for anyone else. John's like, hey, that looks good. <laughs> Snatches it up, if, uh, unless it or it's like, no, what the, I don't want that shit. Get that out of here. I'm just like saying, think about Mia meeting the group. To getting to Heraklion where we're mm-hmm. at. Like, what is there sprinkled? Like, there isn't a ton. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it, but For I feel you. like there's not I, a ton. I get, I get what you're saying. I'm cho- I chose to reveal myself as an Asimar. I had my solo episode. Like, those things were cool. I'm not saying that uh, I'm not getting enough airtime at all. I'm just saying, like, my storyline moments haven't happened yet, maybe. I don't know. You're right. They haven't. I do assure you that they are coming. And That's fine. Falzern's storyline is very interesting. Well, and we spent the first half of it. We spent the first half of it with almost no Falzern. None of us had any idea of his background, where he was from, or anything. <laughs> That's so true. That's very true. No one cares. That's very true. But I, I understand. I totally get where you're coming from, Elena, because with Bryn, and and again, it was kind of more the. There was also the factor of how I wanted to start the campaign. I mean, you all just basically started. You all had your own reasons for being in Zexa. And those reasons were immediately applicable to all of you. And that's how we started the campaign. So, of course, with with Mia's introduction, there's there's already the train that's rolling and Mia's kind of running after it to jump on. And at a, at a stop down the road, some other passengers will get on that Mia may recognize. But obviously, we're full tilt into something. So th- And that really is where the difference comes from. And those passengers certainly will be boarding. So do not, (laughs) don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why as a character, I feel like I continually, uh, I think Shakara is a little bit more invested with her suspicion of Falzerin and being with the group just through a few more experiences, like going down and seeing the cultists and things like that. Um, Seeing her own uncle. She's got a little bit of a few things invested that I don't have. Um, you know, I feel like I continually have to sort of say to the listener or to myself, even to you guys, like, why am I still here? Why am I still following you? And emphasizing, like, we need to warn them about the crack and we need to, this needs to, like, I need to save Aspara like that. I just have to keep injecting that in there because otherwise it's like, I don't want to just for a podcast, follow you guys around without explaining why my character would actually follow you guys around. Shaft has not understood why he's following any of you guys around from the very beginning. Yeah. So you just got to go with super it. super true. Uh, I mean, but Mia doesn't know that. Like, she thinks you and Falsey are pretty close and working on some stuff together. Do you – so you feel that Mia wouldn't – like, do you think – are you – are you feel, do you feel like you're forcing that characterization onto Mia? Do you think she just wouldn't be around with them when you are all have at least – even half-acidly at, at the worst, agreed to pursue this Kraken problem. If there was no Kraken and I met them, I don't know, but I would have had to find something else that then really concerned me. Well, I, and that's totally fair, but I mean, currently, though, there is a reason for me to be around it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I guess, um, like, going to Heraklion, going to the party, like, it's all because of, it's like Kraken, 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 business, business, still in my mind as Mia. Like, she's not just like, ooh, party for fun. I think Mia's like, let's take care of business. I think everybody is. Yeah, I think yeah. that's something that 
you're always going to have to do like you're going to have to create reasons why a party of characters would stick together if if you want to or you can just ignore it and not think about it but if you want to approach it from a more realistic standpoint you're going to have to try and you know bend a little bit of logic or or inject something that makes it more logical for them to hang around with each other i disagree with that i think uh, a lot of that falls on whoever's running the game and uh, but it also does i mean yeah to what you said it it does kind of depend on your style of game as well obviously with our style of game i will go to any length that i can to make it so you uh, as players feel like there's a justification for your characters to be around and that you don't have to just just push it aside and and you know wave it wave it away and say well we're making a podcast i mean that was something that elena you've come you commented on in the past i used to say that right. a lot. i'd be like why are you even with falsering especially <laughs> or even like i um, put him in some positions even like when even when it came to like splitting up and stuff right yeah yeah you were very concerned about uh, about the show right Splitting about the, up. basically yeah that's faded away and it has absolutely and i think i think that's probably i assume because more faith in, yes exactly more faith in in the game itself oh i remember that you were pissed off at me weren't you oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we got we got it i remember we got that i remember it. i was like I remember a couple times going upstairs after we recorded and go, you think she's mad at me? Or does she, I mean, you think she knows we're playing it, playing here? I, Bryn got very annoyed with Shaft. Yeah. Sure, sure. That, and that was, but, well, I think Elena got annoyed with yeah, John. Well. Hey, 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 that was no, when Foley no. got abducted by the big giant toad for listener to, to yes. fill, list, in yeah. case listener to Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were several times, too, where I'd be like, why are you following us to Falzern and putting him on the spot? And he was mad at me for that, too. So, Well, uh, it's yeah, that whole session was exacerbated by the fact that we lost some recording and we had to redo a bit of it. And <laughs> there was some tension going on. <laughs> that was that. pretty that early was on, too, as far as our friendship goes as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely made a comment here in my notes already that, like... Um, like, how do you feel about the rate of progression of our campaign and stuff like that, considering a month in in game? Um, becoming Mia made it much easier on me because Bryn and Elena were very similar and getting frustrated with, like, we've got the tower job, like, uh, 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 like on the back of my mind. And Mia doesn't care about that or know about that. So she's got one pressing concern. Mm-hmm. Made it easier. So... That's, I mean, a pace of the show. How do you feel overall about, as Elena, the pace of the show? Um, ask someone else. <laughs> well, okay. How, how about, how about, how about put it, how about put the question put this way is, do you feel like your characters could use some more downtime? For what purpose? For uh, any maybe any specific in-game endeavors that your characters might actually want to pursue or just straight up downtime as far as role playing amongst the four of you that kind of stuff i mean there's there's so there are so many aspects to uh the the game itself not our game specifically but the game in general that you can take advantage of that we just don't and it's 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 predominantly because it's a podcast and we don't want a shopping episode every three fucking episodes. 
but mm-hmm. it's also that's my my DM style. Uh, I don't like downtime, and 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 again, something I touched on in AP twenty four, how small I build my worlds. That also is inclined to decrease the downtime in general with a smaller scaled world. I don't think I would enjoy playing aimless downtime or listening to it when it's us. Who knows? I mean, maybe we can make it fun, but I I don't think that's part of it. I guess I hesitated to answer the pace question because... Yes, I think there are enough breadcrumbs in each episode and we always have a great cliffhanger and there is a story moving forward and there's obvious um, evidence that things are going on in like in the world, right? Like we're seeing the other metal animals and Izzy's now involved and like we know that those are big reveals, but like how long did it take to get to the point that Izzy is a part like I, I a little bit get... I, I'm antsy. I'm antsy to solve this puzzle. Yes. Yes. But it's open-ended, so... I know. You just keep on doing it until I you... I know. I don't, I don't look at it as we're trying to get to the end. No, I just want to... I want answers. I want to know something. Yeah, definite. I want answers, and I like plans, I want to keep reading this everything book. Everything we solve... Everything we think we're solving usually leads to three or four other little threads. <laughs> yes, exactly. True. Okay, okay, okay. And I like that. Okay, well, that's good to hear. I was going to say, do you? Are, I do, like does that, that make you feel cheated? Which is nice to hear. That no. Okay, that's that's good to hear. I think it makes for great content. It gives you the uh, ability to weave a web. Right. 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 You can you can put things in together, or you can leave things just as empty. Uh, unanswered questions and i think that it creates the world right you know that there's all kinds of crap going on right now as we're screwing around wherever we are there's other stuff happening that's what makes a great world building experience and a great you know when a dm takes the time to be able to to build that so you can do anything you want to but there's always an answer to wherever you go and how it weaves together with the overarching story that's what makes it fun do you, do you know what I think pisses me off the most? And, and it, there's not a lot that I'm <laughs> Bill. Bill, yeah. No, it's Bill. not Bill. It's not. You know what it is? Surprise, surprise. Um, what you said, John, is exactly true. Like, no one wants to watch a TV show where it's like, here's a problem. Oh, we solve it. Here's a problem. Oh, we solve it. Like, that boring. Like, we make good content. I love the way Leland's doing it. What pisses me off is someone that we're hanging out with does have all the answers and he's right there and he's taunting us and teasing us and trailing this little breadcrumb trail and like he knows and so like if it was someone that we didn't know that knew it'd be like oh that guy sucks but it's like he's our friend so it's just like you're saying you're saying leland knows all the answers and it pisses you off wait you actually think leland actually knows all the answers (laughs) Well, he knows enough, and then we help him fill in the blanks with our own. Uh, <laughs> I think Leland has like just a general guideline of what's going to happen. <laughs> well, he, he carries himself in the way that's annoying, like he knows. So I think our overall ineptitude makes it fun for the listener. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you all: how many answers do you think the four of you have just not found or just neglected? Oh, lots. Tons. Oh, it's so many. Tons. <laughs> I think lots you, you leave, not not leave breadcrumbs. You put a loaf on the table and we walk yeah. by. I mean, he puts a loaf on the table, though, and I was new to D&D, and I'm like, what's bread? Like, that's what I feel. Like, maybe now I should know. Okay, but... I like that. I like that analogy. That that makes sense. 
you know, like Chucky dragging away the body and stuff like that, right? Like totally blows over your head. You're not thinking. That you shouldn't be telling the the bar boy that you just killed somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just yeah, in just much. in going back and listening a bit um, in preparation for this, I'm noticing things that like, oh, how did how did I miss that uh, until now? Like it, it's been a year, and I'm just <laughs> noticing things that from the first few episodes that I never noticed before. Are the Tritons deep science? Because that would be something worth noting. They are, and I can't <laughs> believe I never connected the dots. <laughs> um yeah no i i agree with with uh what john was saying that having a it doesn't distract i don't think or or detract from from the story and and the show having multiple different side things because i think a lot of them are woven together we don't know that yet per per se we're finding some of that out but that's what really adds depth and believability to this world is is that there's more than just one thing going on there's multiple layer layers you can peel back that are all simultaneously happening and and that makes it a, something you can get a lot more invested and and dig your teeth into i think so side quests don't bother me at all um and i i I'm not sure whether I can confidently say that as a listener, side quests would bother me or not if it was a different show that I'm not a part of, if they were always going off and doing side quests. I mean, as long as they're interesting. I mean, most of the most of the things that we've gotten sidetracked into are, I think, are really interesting. And, and they, while they don't necessarily lead us any closer to the... Um, any closer to the the main like this this tower job or or whatever the the conclusion of the plot is you think the tower job is a side quest there no it I is mean, now like, for example the <laughs> the the gozer and thuff's mountain could have been a side quest that we didn't end up doing really but like um the job for rugar um alebender to go up uh, mount necrosis like these various different things they're all really interesting i think they'd be fun and cool to do even though they they would delay us dealing to with look the for the snow bloom that is not white but we assumed was white yeah <laughs> it will be interesting to see how shaft gets the other three to do the tower job because once we're done with the kraken once we have that taken care of with the tritons there's no reason for me and you shikara to we'll stay around defeat the kraken oh no no no, we're hey, going to tell the Tritons and have the Tritons. Say, you dusted your no, hands no, off. Dust, like, dusted our hands okay. of it because we told the Tritons and now the Tritons are going to take care of it. It's no longer our problem. Have you seen the tattoo on Falzerin's back? That that thing is going to whoop some booty. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't seen the tattoo on Falzerin's back? He's been flailing it at everyone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've dropped, I've dropped my wizard's cane. Let me just pick that up. <laughs> Let me just bend and snap real quick. <laughs> Um, so the side job that, uh, or side quest that I wish we could have done, Thuff's Mountain. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot of bad things in that mountain. Just a big old dungeon. We weren't ready we for were that mountain when we were there. Not anywhere near ready no. <laughs> If you, wow, if you, man, depending how the lot of you had handled yourselves in that mountain, had you pursued it further, this show could be very very different <laughs> i mean we saw how falzerin approached the ogre 
We could barely run the elevator. It was yeah. time to get the hell out of there before we smashed ourselves into the ground and killed ourselves. This friendly ogre was waving at us, so I thought I'd just walk up there by myself. That was fun. Good job. You know, I'll go out on the limb and say, if that happened again, I still think Falls would go up and talk to him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe. So, what what do you all think was in that mountain, or what? Or rich Pressure. stuff. Precious toilet paper. Well, obviously, magic items, because that's the only reason it would be completely different if we would have went there. Ooh, of course. That's the uh, only, that's that's the only big, thing. That's a big well, draw for slaves me. Potentially, with on our head. potentially some information that could have maybe linked some things together. But you'll eventually give it we to us. We could have had anyway. a goblin army. <laughs> with King Gozer. <gasps> yeah. Maybe. That would have been really freaking cool. <laughs> that was That's what a, I'm not sure I want a goblin army, though. Like, those things, good luck with But you with wanted the... a revenant berry? Come on. <laughs> I th- We could go back there today and clean that place out. Maybe. One or two well-placed fireballs. Who knows? Let's Who knows what it. Leland has up his sleeve in there? Like, it, there, there could be a whole guild operating out of this it could not it might not just be goblins in there the goblins and stuff wouldn't level up with us would they right they just stay the low level that yeah. they were whatever they were they, they were i mean be, you take I mean. you take theft out of the picture in that whole scenario there's no reason we would want to run around in there we happened upon the place yeah tried to go get my lantern back <laughs> And then got the hell out of there. There was really the only reason we even found the place is because we really ran out of road. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. true, yeah. Right. So the only reason we even keep on bringing it up is because Thuft and Gozer and the idea of you going back to be king of that mountain, which none of the rest of us had any. Well, desire. yeah, this is not my character answering. This is Elena. I just, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see what's in there, but. I don't think we were ready at the time, but maybe I'm wrong. I would really like to do the quest for Rugar. Oh, yeah. I think that would be cool to trek up the mountain in in search of his his father who disappeared and this flower. Yeah, Sakara really wants to do that. And we could get some, some more of that beer made that we never use. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't it's, have any beer. It's very stale and lost any carbonation <laughs> at this point. Just sloshing around in our... Extra fermentation. See, that's the kind of stuff that you have in your bag, and you look at it and you go, "I'm going to save that for that really important time." And then, well, and then that really important time comes, and you go, "I don't think this is that time." And you just carry the damn thing throughout your whole existence of your character. And then somebody dies and picks it up, and then they go, "This is great. I'm going to use that for that really." Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it lasts a freaking hour. Deciding to use stuff. Like, I got a potion of greater healing from Campbell, and I used it. I was like, I'm just going to use stuff. Yeah. Nope, that's right. That's the better way to do it. Yeah. And this is another example of where I would recommend anyone who is thinking about playing D&D to not be disorganized. (laughs) Um, And I've I've decided that I'm going to make little item cards for every magical item that I have, and they will be sitting directly in front of me whenever we play D&D from now on. So that y- you can't forget uh, You about heard it, it here right first, guys. We're going to hold them to that. Yeah, I decided that like three weeks ago, and here. I've already made them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely made them already. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So what uh, what NPC would you guys want to see more of? 
I like Campbell. I like Campbell. I l- also really like Horrock. And I like both of them, <laughs> mostly for Horik. their accents. <laughs> Campbell's funny, though. Campbell's Campbell, I like. He's got some interesting personality as well. So you guys both say Campbell, John? I'm I'm still thinking, but I mean, I really like Grimby. Magic, magic, magic guy, But too. he's sort of... Yeah, does he have a name? He wouldn't no, tell us. No. <laughs> names names hold power. Oh. Yeah. I love the random things you lot remember. Like he's Jesus. probably freaking Samuel Coltis. It's like he Samuel Coltis didn't want to tell us yeah. his name. Uh, I I had uh, a I had idea. Campbell on as one of my favorites as well. Statdorf was freaking hilarious. I loved their back yeah. and forth. That was really fun. And um, someone that I don't even know that we've heard of, but I'm interested in as Mia is uh, interacting with Hannah, the art, the mm. underground art stealer. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool to get some of that in. You guys got to get back to Drew I'd Hall. say Nina, so Leland and I can flirt together again. Oh, <laughs> Leland, you hitting on my man. He's hitting on me. <laughs> is Nina even alive, though? We don't know. I don't know. Who knows what sickness. state the city of Victor is in, is in in general. She is down with the sickness. Leland, what NPC do you want more of? I very much enjoy Campbell. I've, I've, I find his accent actually surprisingly easy to do. <laughs> and I also <laughs> like his, like if I were, like I would love to play Campbell as like a PC. <laughs> like I would, I would love to make Campbell and play Campbell in like a one shot or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what he would be. I guess maybe a wizard, but yeah, I, I don't know about a wizard. Maybe maybe a sorcerer or something. It'd be the uh, artificer. Class, oh, so an artificer. artificer. Yeah, I had to play. Yeah, I had yeah. to play Alstoff Tinnerman to be uh, an artificer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Campbell would definitely be a sorcerer. Yeah, I think so. I would really like to check in with Blake and see what's going on in Goldham. <laughs> uh, see how that city's yeah. faring. Well, we haven't had any of those little side story things for a while where you sort of show what's going on in other parts of the world. Well, yeah, the last after credit thing that wasn't a March Madness, I don't think you were able to listen to. I had to look at my notes to figure out what exactly it was. Oh, yeah, I remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't listen to that still. You still can't listen to that. Exactly, meeting together. I could just see, you know, Blake Lakely getting his nails done and talking to the the lady, uh, you know, or getting his hair cut or something and talking about stuff and spilling the beans way too much. <laughs> it was Mia's parents being murdered in their temple. My backstory is yet to come. <laughs> yep, I'm just filling that train. Please, this is the part where I give you ideas. Please don't. <laughs> Friends' parents were murdered. Please. Don't. <laughs> so, what was the question? <laughs> oh, NPC. Okay. Yeah. So now Leland has to talk like Campbell the rest of this episode because we all said it's our favorite. So. <laughs> no, I don't do NPC voices in the after party. That's like a that's, that's right. like a rule I have with myself. It's a line Since he did not cross. Do it. Do it. I don't know if I have to sing once in a death. Once a death. <laughs> oh yeah. So, John, who, who is it? Uh, I already is, said. I, I think he I said would. Grimby. I would go oh, with Grimby sure. just because Grimby is. Uh, I think. I almost think of Grimby as that 
you know, fifth character, really. He pops up when you need him. He's there with a boat, you know, and uh, I think he's probably been our, he's got our back, I think. Yeah, he's kind of become that, hasn't he? But, like, he was borderline a throwaway NPC way back in the day when he was first met. Just setting sail from Port Randis on the Rising Starfish 1. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I really like Grimby. I really do like Grimby. Do you... Oh, man, okay. Do you guys think that Asparo has any heroes, any actual heroes? Do heroes exist in Asparo? <laughs> what is Mia? Come on! A- apart from us, naturally. I would say... Mia's mentality is certainly the closest to, like, a, a, a stereotypical hero. But, like, you get to really come across... I mean, Tolstov was very heroic. Yeah. Uh, after, before he met his untimely death. But. Yeah. Um, Do you no. mean, mean good? There are good people. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I don't mean me good. Maybe I, maybe I really mean self-sacrificing in that way. You know what I mean? Like... You, have you have we met somebody that would throw themselves into the fray for the sake of other people? The grung. Mm. You think the grung are heroes? They are the closest no. thing that a spar no, has. Paladins bound up as slaves, but they are taking out the paladins and doing their best to protect their lands and their family. They are heroes to their community. Mm. Grimby is a true... No, I'm just kidding. He has some self-serving purposes. I think Mia really tries to be... Here's the thing. If Mia threw herself in front of people, you know, in harm's way or, like, put her life at risk, the reason why Mia thinks herself a hero and I would claim she she is a hero is that she thinks... She sort of thinks she's invincible and wouldn't die. So... Yeah. So that seems fairly selfish to me. Yeah. So then, why, why, then why, if she, if if she's she willing, believes, she's willing to sacrifice herself, but, but she, she believes that she will, that she won't have to pay up on that sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then, what does she really get out of it? I mean, what does she get? Like, what drives her then? Just like, oh, this is easy. I can do this. By uh, Thor's hammer. She doesn't necessarily think every. Yeah, she doesn't necessarily think everything's easy. I think she's almost testing. How her own strength. She thinks she's part God. She's potentially delusional about that, but she thinks mm-hmm. she is. So she's like the more she can do and the badder and bigger she can take on, like the rush and the the knowledge that she like she's just reaffirmed in her own. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I say no. Well, I mean, that's what <laughs> Shakara set out to be. She set out to be a hero. I don't think she's accomplished that. But she's, that was her original goal. And do you, do, you, do you think she's on her way to accomplishing that? I think she's trying. I think that they, there is, it is very questionable on what and who is the right person to follow here. And we could be very easily backing the wrong side at any given time. And that's what I like about it. I'm trying to play Mia like a superhero, like a Superman type. It seems like most of the people on Aspara are regular people that are just trying mm-hmm. to 
live. Not die. And then (laughs) the other half of the people we meet are underground, uh, dark society, you don't really want to know that they exist kind of people. Well, they, they, they all have an agenda. What about like Geneva, someone who's actually hearing us out and seems trustworthy? Seems trustworthy. Uh, oh, sorry, we haven't met. Is... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, actually, oh, by the time by the time this comes out, uh, session seventy six, two episodes would have come out in at the party. So I'm actually don't know where okay. exactly we are. She talks to us at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I. Yeah. I think overall to your question, no, I don't think there's any, I mean, if you take our characters out of the mix, I don't think there's anybody out there that is uh, doing anything unselfishly. They all have their own agenda. Yeah. I'm not sure I would call Falzer a hero. I think he's very reactionary and, and finds himself, he initially set out not to do anything noble or heroic. It was just out of curiosity more than anything. And, and now he's just reacting to everything that keeps getting thrown at him and just trying to survive basically. So, and I, I think his own survival is, is priority number one. So that's not very heroic. <laughs> you know what? Mia probably isn't like superheroes. How often do you see them actually outright kill people that are attacking them? They just like knock them unconscious and move on. And that's why they end up getting killed. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Like like daredevil types. Amen, like... sister. Grimby was pretty Ooh. heroic. Grimby, when he yeah. jumped out of the yeah, water on that clam boat. Well, when he got out of the water on the clam boat and went around killing the drowned. And we said, who can take us? And he said, I'll take us. Yeah. He was pissed that someone blew up all the explosives in the bottom of his boat. Well, yeah, there's that too. But he didn't have to offer to take us with his explosive boat across the sea to the <laughs> island. Why did he have explosives in the bottom of his boat going to Heraklion? Explosives? What what explosives? Who on Heraklion wants a bunch of fireworks, man? I don't know. Well, well, maybe never know. So, okay. So, Grimby, the blowing up of the Rising 2. Also, keep in mind that Pisces' port was locked down. Meaning... Wherever Grimby, maybe it was Heraklion, Grimby intended to get those those explosives to, or whatever was in that hold. That boat wasn't leaving that Pisces dock. Ah, oh, he used us. So Grimby ain't as self as self sacrificing as he is is out to be himself either. He's an opportunist. He's, well, I think Grimby's a little more complex than just being an opportunist, but. So he was happy for an ex- uh, a reason to be able to get his ship out on the seas again. If he had to be somewhere for a certain time, I don't, I don't know. He's an assassin. He's an assassin. Oh, we're getting too much into the we're getting too much into this current plot. Yeah, maybe he's working for Detmer. <laughs> so, so was that another way for you to say what you have here as a plot question is how fucked do you up do you really think Aspara is? <laughs> yeah, very, very, is a, is a, very. For, <laughs> So let's let's briefly go over the world, right? You've got aliens that invaded down in uh, what's your hometown, Ermia? Barrick. Barrick. And the Vargreg Mountains, and they're doing mind control on the orcs. You've got the paladins down there, and then you got the disease and Victor. You've got Goldum that's being overrun by all kinds of crap. You've got uh, the black ooze. The black ooze stuff, yeah. You've got the Kraken. You've Cultist. got 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Eric, bad. Yeah, it's, it's real bad. It's a, it's a screwed up place. Aspara is, has seen better days. I would assume. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's I always been assume. this way. Maybe these are the good days. Oh, yeah. that is scary to think about. <laughs> Why hasn't everyone left? <laughs> there's been. Why a, do they stick around? I don't think there's anywhere there's to go. There's been that meteor shower every 19 years for who knows how long, my family said. So, like. Yeah. Something with that's been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Falsy needs to go investigate that. There's really no safe place in a spa. No, yeah, and, and that's what Shaft says. Like, this is as safe as it gets, Mia. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, cool. I think Falsy's tiny hut is as safe as it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I'm sure Leland has has come up with some ways that he can screw that over to make it less, less safe. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you're all pretty safe in Heracleon right now. So far, so good. Yes. Are we? There well, is. everybody but Falzer is pretty safe in Heracleon right now. <laughs> We're safe from everybody but each other. <laughs> <laughs> Jess did have a couple questions, right? What did you yeah. want to talk about how we feel the rate of level progression is in the campaign? If it's too slow or too fast? Too slow. Too slow. Well, that that was a question more more centered on the the 5th edition system itself. And obviously there's still lots of flex in the in the in whoever is running the game. I don't know, like it's been a month in game. And you all are like, well, I don't even know what level you are anymore. I've lost count. <laughs> seven, eight. I think we're combined levels. Well. Uh, seven. seven, seven. Yeah, in a month's time, you have all advanced. I think that's more than adequate level progression. I've obviously never played higher level D and D, but um, I have heard lots of people comment that I've heard a a lot of people say that they really enjoy the lower levels. And the style of play really changes. It seems like depending on, like the way a the way a GM has to run a game for characters who are level one to five or five to ten versus fifteen plus. Like that's a very very different game because the the characters are just so overwhelmingly powerful once you get up into those high teens that things are. Things are going to have to really change. Or to so make it... you think. You've never been there before. Oh, if Falsey makes it up to 18 or 20, look out. It's going to get real. And then you're going to roll a bunch of ones. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I forget that we're supposed to be getting experience. I'm just yeah, enjoying actually, telling the, the story. What the fuck supposed to be? You're supposed to be giving us experience, <laughs> damn it. Like, okay, like, after each play session, sometimes we don't get experience. No. And then you say, oh, I forgot to give you experience. But none of us are walking away like, oh, he didn't give us experience. We just had fun and we walk away happy. Yeah, exactly. So there. <laughs> Boom. Damn Post it, you it. make us happy. Obviously, you don't have cool stuff at your next level. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing is I'm not sitting here reading the book looking at like what's coming up next. I, I who knows? I'm, I'm actually quite fun. looking forward to the next two levels. Ooh. Okay. Let me look, let me quick look up what I'm going to get. Do you get, get Zone of Truth or something there, Shakar? No. <laughs> no. 
Useless spell. You ca- yeah, you cast two zone- <laughs> zones of truth on Shaft. You might get them in it. <laughs> yeah. And if you have deep scion magic, good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seventh level was the boring level for me. I get another divine domain feature. Oh, I, I agree with what you were saying there, Bill. I really uh, enjoyed the lower tiers of play. I think once you get above 10 for me, yeah, it does become a bit of a challenge to 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 run the game. Uh and I have I have very limited experience running a game for players of that level or higher. And thankfully though, I don't know how much of a problem it'll be for us just because again we are so role play heavy where I think a lot of a lot of the challenges that a, a game master comes across at higher tiers of play is balancing combat encounters. Uh, because, yeah, there are so many fantastical things that high-level players can do of all classes and races that it's tough to, to balance. Um, but, though, there are a lot of real cool high-challenge rating creatures that either you, you you just don't use at lower tiers or you dumb down and kind of lose potentially a lot of what makes those creatures so cool. So obviously there's pros and cons to, to all tiers of play. So if I were to ask you a year ago and said, hey, a year from now we're 70, whatever, eight episodes in, what level do you think our characters would be at 70 or say 90 hours of play? I would have said higher than seven. Oh yeah, I would have said. Higher I would have said too. like eleven or twelve. Wow. Yeah. Well, again, I am more milestone based when I award experience as well. So you guys have done fuck all. You're lucky you're seven. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had that one in his back pocket, didn't he? <laughs> well, I'm officially looking forward to level eight because I just looked it up, and at level eight. I get to deal 1d8 extra thunder damage to every time my weapon attacks. So my hammer, if I throw it, is 3d8 plus Jeez. 6. Wow. Nice. nice. Oh, overpowered. I think yeah. Thor might have to come back You'd... down and, and take his oh, hammer pee. away from you. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, you just guarantee we're going to be fighting bigger bads. No. Yeah. yeah <laughs> bigger baddies and more minions. Yep. It is, it is kind of interesting we've made it this far in the party is not fully equipped with magical weapons i mean i don't know who's responsible I for mean, that who's the one I mean, that gives them to no us. i guess that's not true like shaft shaft has brin's bow so that there we go it's okay never mind forget i said anything he's handed out one magical shaft's weapon. got the plus one bow what, is, what does shikara have that's magical shikara doesn't have any weapons that are i don't think i don't have any weapons i have a brooch that gives me okay and then bill what do you have that's magical armor. I have yourself. the I have the cap of casting actually, so that gives me a That's plus one. That's it, freaking Salzern is a magic uh, user. He doesn't need magical weapons, and so so I only bring that up. Whatever, I am too. So for obviously Eleni, you probably don't uh, know, but I bring that up because a lot of higher tier creatures have resistances against damage that aren't dealt from a source that's considered to be magical. So like a normal rapier would do half damage to a lot of higher. Oh. So that's why I bring that up. Ooh, so my hammer be sweet? Yeah, so your hammer w- w- will break through any of that resistance. I honestly think you gave me that hammer, like, 
because you felt bad that Brynn died on a <laughs> Like, you were feeling sorry for me, and so it's a way better hammer than you would have if I chose to create a new character. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you felt bad for me. <laughs> I, I, I did it first, but the hammer... I gave you the hammer because I really liked your character concept, and I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to enable it. And that is why your hammer acts and uh-huh, uh-huh. is the way it is. And that's the story I'm sticking with. You want to take the axe away? Yeah, from I had me. to take something from yeah. Jack. Jack was getting... <laughs> yeah, that would have been magical for you. Yeah. <laughs> I still love picturing Shaft walking around with a long bow on his. Back. I know, right? <laughs> Just like same, same height as him. <laughs> dragging on the ground. <laughs> yeah, a third of it is dragging behind him. <laughs> I constantly have to do pass without a trace. <laughs> Except for the bow mark. He's really sneaky, <laughs> He's though. He's like skinny, scrawny wizard. And then you said that uh, Shakara doesn't have any hair or anything. No helmet, but like no hair. Dragonborn, like, how tall are you then? Like six foot, over six yeah, foot. Yeah, so like Shakara and Mia are taller than the men, probably. And then, no, Falsey's <laughs> like, over six foot. I think oh. he's six, 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 one, something like that. No, you're like a beanpole, though. I'm, I'm six, three. Oh, yeah, like I'm a beanpole and a halfling, light. and then you got like the two plated armors. Yeah. Like I just Shikara love it. Shakara and me are fucking beefcakes for sure. Yeah. I kind of picture my um, uh, what the physique kind of as like uh, Xena warrior princess. Yeah, like, oh, hell yeah, just like <laughs> biceps for days. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I can do without that. I'm glad that's not something that Mia does. Oh, I also, when you were listening back, Bill, I realized how much Bryn annoyed everyone as you like. <laughs> Bryn, was, Bryn was annoying. I loved playing her, but she, she was, was kind of annoying. She was quirky and eh? sassy. It was, it was an interesting character concept. I don't... Yeah. All of your characters at one point or another have really, 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 really made me angry, so... <laughs> yeah, Mia? <laughs> Mission accomplished. And Shakara? Uh, not yet. Me and Shakara, not yet. But uh, the, the OG <laughs> four, yeah, every one of those fuckers have really pissed me off. Oh man, fun times, you guys! It's That's been such a good one of the most year. rewarding parts about the podcast is is knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just been fun, right? That's all we yeah. wanted to do is have It has been really good. Yeah, yeah mission accomplished. Absolutely. So, Leland, where is Sally? Yeah, hashtag where we is don't, Sally. We don't know yeah, we where Sally is. Yeah, we that, I think. Dean, you're just not going to tell us? She's on an island with Statdorf, and they are- Does he ever tell us? Living happily Maybe ever she's okay. Maybe you'll find her again. Uh, yeah. <sighs> you're so mean. I, I, I know that you guys think I'm joking when I say that, but- I really think that that's what's happening. It makes me very happy. Same. I think about Sally and Statdorf just on an island, you know, making a little lean-to shelter and sipping out of a coconut, <laughs> kicking back on the beach. What a One life. for the brain and one for the brawn. Statdorf! <laughs> oh, yeah. Killian's who I want to hear more of. I re- I really like Killian too. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope we do more backstory shaft that everyone can listen to with more Killian in it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's, let's hit on some of these other questions here. So what did, what did uh, Jess ask? Does somebody have yeah, that up I in do. front of them? Um, Jess, a lot, as usual. Just drones on and on and on. Uh, she's, hey, I Jess asked her for questions, all right? Freeland, so you just be nice. <laughs> I specifically asked her. Well, so then I, I will blame you as well. You are also half to blame. That's fine. <laughs> so our first question is, <laughs> looking back, what message or advice would we would we give ourselves on day one of playing slash recording this campaign? I mean, we, we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit, I I guess, but like I don't know what I would tell myself. I I was really rusty too, because um, when we first started, I hadn't ran a game in uh, a couple of years at least, so I was very clearly almost out of my element (laughs) and like i felt yeah i felt like i was so shitty so probably don't be shitty is what i would tell myself (laughs) (laughs) that's always sound advice in all kinds of situations it's very yeah and then i then past me would be like yeah that's that sounds like future me and (laughs) <laughs> probably just not take it <laughs> and ignore it <laughs> Emily what, what what do you think would you do you have any words of wisdom for yourself uh for when I was trying to de- to be the DM myself yeah look over all of the stuff and make sure you have answers for everything whether it's actually in the book or not just make it up right right and right. go with it yeah yeah just go with the flow don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. But then as a player. Don't worry about where As Sally a player, is. I would say, uh, uh, just be your awesome self. <laughs> yeah, you got nothing to worry about. How good. <laughs> no, just read over what your character can do and, and come up with a good backstory and, and try and remember what you said about it. John? I think I would have taken some more time to think about uh, the interactions and backstory of Shaft a little bit more up front and realize that it was going to grow into a, a bigger picture. So when you have interactions with people throughout the game, knowing it that that might mean more later on down the line. Uh, as I really like going back and, and exploring his backstory, and then I started listening to the things that and interactions I had with like Nina and things like that and how it would work in. I think if I would have taken a little more time and explored those kind of things, I think it would have uh, built a little bit more robust character. Mm. I think if I could go back in time and tell myself mm-hmm. that, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd sit down and write out a little bit more. How, how many pages was your backstory in the beginning? Two or three, something like that. How many pages was everybody else's backstory in the beginning? I don't remember. Two? I think mine would have fit on one, probably. Um, maybe two. Mine was one, I think. So you saying go back and making your backstory more robust is Well, I use really me. big text. <laughs> no, you don't. John's eyesight's not great. <laughs> That's right. The eyesight's not that good. I have one other thing I thought of for me. Uh, don't pick an accent you can't stick with. There you go. Mm. Yeah, I still have to learn that. Hork! <laughs> It's, it's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the problem you have is you don't know when an NPC is going to stick. <laughs> That's true. That's true, too. That's so true. He might have an idea, That's but true. yeah. Although, you know what, though? I think the ones that actually have 
thought out voices are the ones that stick. Probably. I would have told myself to listen carefully, take better notes, and uh, what Leland says matters and is clues. <laughs> it's on record, everybody. I, I honestly, it's on record. I honestly didn't realize D&D was like you dropping clues for us to work with. Like, honestly, didn't get it. Just, yeah. I was new, but yeah. We I didn't agree, better pick notes. up on that either for the first half of this. <laughs> Yeah, Leland says things in a certain way for a certain reason. It's very important when we're role play heavy, right? Yeah. Which is different from other campaigns for you guys. Right. So it was us learning Leland's DM style. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he says um, cavern, he means it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is a reason he's been saying so. If it's not a cavern, it's a coral urn. So, yes, that's true. <laughs> It's all a clue. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? You're last. Yeah, you guys have kind of covered it, I think. Um, I think time spent creating a a deep and meaningful and interesting backstory for your character is not wasted. Um, I think that's time well spent. If The more you can put into it, the better. And I think um, going back and reviewing things and reflecting on your character is also time well spent because the times when I've enjoyed things the most are when I have felt like I really played Falzern well. And the times when I've been frustrated are when I felt like, Oh, that was stupid. That didn't make sense for Falzern to say that or do that. That's when you kind of break the suspension of disbelief and the immersion is when you don't do your character service. So yeah, I would, I would say spend more time, Thinking and just reflecting on the backstory, whether, you know, I think definitely you should spend some time beforehand if you're going to do it justice, but then also revisit it often. And you can always add more too. like you can you can work more into your backstory as the campaign's going and and chat about it with the DM. And that's going to make the experience more rich for you. Not actual gold, though. He doesn't mean, (laughs) I mean, Leland would never give us actual but um yeah and the other thing is is organization too like there i've seen so many cool things that people have thought up for ways to be creative and and organized and um i think i've got a a a big amount of room for improvement in that area that's just me i mean that that's i'm not organized in any sphere of my life but yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah part of part of when it's felt overwhelming is because it could have been addressed by by adopting some some more creative ways to keep things organized. Mm, yeah, a little better habits at the table. Yeah, that that comes down to like I I took very poor notes for I don't know how long until I started realizing that you know what having notes is really helpful and and you should have your notebook out and ready to go with lots of space to write and you should pay attention to that as you're going. Like I I always did take notes, but they they've gotten a lot better. As things yeah, I mean, it is difficult to take notes as you play, too. I mean, it's very fortunate that our plays are recorded, like, really, even for me, too. Like, Yeah, that's true. It, it really helps avoid continuity errors for myself. Like, otherwise, there'd be yeah. random shit happening all over the place that some listener out there would be like, wait a second, this was 
this was a cavern before, not a coral urn. Why is it a coral <laughs> urn now? Um, I've also started to just be a bit more disciplined. And if I know that I missed a chunk of what happened when I was because I was having to be role playing or whatever, be engaged and I couldn't be taking notes, I will try and force myself to spend five minutes after we're done playing and the the you know Skype call is shut off and just go back in and fill in the notes that I mm. missed. Whereas in the past, I've just left it and be like, oh, I'll remember. And no, I won't. That's a good idea. Do you want to, you know, maybe share those notes with the class next time? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't really want Bill's notes trying to remember what just happened. I, I still think they're uh, probably missing some details. Also, he might make him seem more like he's not a deep scion. They're very biased notes. Yes, that very deep scion magic. News, really, it's the fake news. Well, speaking of deep scions, one last thing from Jess: What has been the biggest surprise of this campaign? Uh, slash, the thing you least expected, aside from Brendel. Because everyone knows that the Brendel Gambit was a masterful crafted exploit by myself. So, other <laughs> than the Brendel was. thing. <laughs> that was a Tough surprise dying. to all of us. Eh. That was sad. I don't think that was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, I mean, I was surprised when he died, but I'm not surprised. That he at did this die? Point, if anybody <laughs> dies, right? Yeah. Well, he was the first death, though. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a good way to get that situation where it could happen out of us. So when it did happen with a main character, we were. I think people were more shocked at Thuff than main character deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the reaction was much better. Thuff was. Yeah. yeah Thuff yeah. was tough. They just didn't like Bryn that much. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> or Gozer. Someone has said on record that Bryn is his favorite of the characters. Well, yeah, because he knows what's up. But um... <laughs> won't, won't drop his name again. <laughs> the biggest reveal, wasn't that what she said? Or was it a surprise? Biggest surprise. Thought... Surprise, the thing you oh. least expected. I think, I think it, for me, I mean, obviously, it's a weird standpoint for me to be answering this question, but. I I was really, really, really shocked at Thuff's death. I did not think that disease would kill Thuff. I thought like it would really hurt him pretty bad, but I didn't think he would, you know, a couple of bad rolls don't go his way and he's goo. <laughs> yeah, that was surprising. I originally, when I read Jess's question, my answer was, um, the the fact that it's actually confirmed that Isabella has something to do with the towers and the paladins and the metal things and the stuff. That was a really big surprise for me. Because we were listening to Shaft roleplay that. We weren't, like, it, we were able to hear that. I don't know if, like, you know how, like, when we're singled off, the listeners don't know what we've heard and what we haven't. But we heard that, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was surprising, yeah. too. Coming to Heracleon and finding out that there are things being made on island or for whatever reason, there's things on the island there that have to do directly with the Paladins of Cultus was a big surprise for me. Finding out that there is um, 
I mean, I guess once I knew that Brendel was a deep scion, then finding out that there's another deep scion on the island of Heraklion isn't a big surprise. But I, in my mind, I didn't think Heraklion was going to be infiltrated with baddies. Um, and so also finding out that Isabella is a guest of honor at this party and there's there's more stuff that we're going to be finding out about Isabella that I don't I think would be spoilery to talk about right now but that's all I didn't see that coming yeah I, I think <laughs> I think the things that you guys said are are the shockers yeah, yeah. Isabella and I I mean I really enjoyed the fact that Shaft used his scrying stone and sort of knew some of that uh ahead of time mm-hmm. I thought was yeah, that so was what a shocker, did Shaft know ahead of time? That she was a hag? Or that she was involved with the paladins? I mean, I think we were sort of on board with her as Dr. Good with not much of an issue until he saw her uh, uh, making this frog-like creature out of the, of the whatever it was, a bowl yeah. and summoning this creature that was the first time i think we okay, knew because i still never listened to that so i didn't know he knew that and that's why immediately after if you if you did do get the chance to go back and listen it's it's you know suddenly he, i'm going let's get the hell out of here and hey why don't you call your friend and tell her we're going to victor and you know there was all these things that i was trying to do but you guys didn't know that piece of information and you know i thought that was fun so did you know that she was involved with the paladins when no. she tried to okay, not, so when you then. went up to when you went to Elstoff, you were just shooting in the dark, like yep. hoping, wow, <laughs> wow. What if you were wrong? Uh, it's risky, but it's uh, we got information. Wow. Yep. That's yep. It was very good. It was very. Elon, that wasn't surprising that he. Uh... I was very surprised that that Shaft got that information out of Elstoff. I was. Like I said last time, probably like I was pissed actually because it ruined seventy four. It's actually reveal. really funny. You're the one who gave him that information. Well, of course, because he he got it out of Alsof, and Alsof would have given the information. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird that you can be pissed at something that you just did. Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? I got you. you know, I got you. But it wasn't me. It was Alsof. It was that bastard Alsof? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you have a bunch of personalities in your head. Uh, you, might need to get that checked out. Leland's a very complicated man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very complicated man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, this turned out pretty good. I know Bill was so scared it would from... be so shitty. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we have another. <laughs> <laughs> we have one question from Emma on Facebook. On what? Oh, what nice. platform? I'm... Sorry, what? Facebook. Facebook. I've never heard of it. On the Facebook. I don't know know what that is. Books of Faces. We have a page on Facebook that some people occasionally pay somewhat attention to. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. It's a a group, actually. What's the question? There's a whole group, uh, but book is singular. How can there be a group? Group is plural. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is going on two hours of this podcast soon, and this is... So you guys signed up. Emma asks... Do you actually still like each other? Oh, as characters or as players? As players, it's a it's a it's a very thin edge of a blade that I'm that I'm on, and sometimes I'm teetering one way, sometimes honey, the other. Honey, honey, that's private. <laughs> I, 
I will happily say that I very much love all four of you. Yes. Uh, the feeling uh, is reciprocated. Like, aren't there five of us? <laughs> I don't love myself. Oh, I love oh. you four, not me. Well, you should, Em. You're a <laughs> lovely person. I love you guys, too. I love Bill more than the rest of you, but, you know. Yeah, I suppose that's to be expected. Do we still? Is that what? Is that the way she stated that? Yeah, that yeah. was very She's making some assumptions right up front. Question, yeah. She hung out with us. She knows. There's, she knows. There's fucking Keck putting the goggles around again. I did say we're celebrating one year of producing our podcast and the fact that we still like each other. Oh, so okay. So I'm, I'm the one up. that originally put the still in. So oh, then she okay. asks us a yes or no question. Well, I mean, ask that question does imply that we did once previously like each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's presumptuous. Ex- very, very. We liked each other, <laughs> but now we love each other. You guys. <laughs> The four of you continue to put up with my shit, so that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much of a choice. I mean, we yeah, want you to edit the podcast. We, we I want to find out, out what's going the on story. with the Paladins of Cultists. You hold all the cards, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the power. Because I'm fucking smart. Yeah, if the podcast ended, would we still talk to each other? Uh, for sure. Once in a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd send you Christmas cards. <laughs> John might talk to us the least. <laughs> the Discord would still be hopping. No, that's yeah. my that's my one of my favorite shaft lines. Yeah, I'll send you a Christmas card. I'll send you a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and think of how we all felt when we actually got a Christmas card from you this season. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys sent us a Christmas card. Yeah. That was quite nice. <laughs> I can't wait I till we can all hang it. out in person. Yeah, me too. It's been too long since we we met John and Emily, but it's been too long. Yes, I know. Oh, well, I mean, it's a real bummer. You know, once the world quiets down, quiets down. I mean, I'm I'm unemployed, unfettered. So let's let's do it. <laughs> let's just put on the hazmat suits. You and... are unfettered. The borders are closed. I'll start walking. This could be deemed essential travel. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I might not even be able to pop over to the next province soon and visit my mom, for God's sakes, the way shit's going. I feel you. I mean, I just watched yeah. my sister get married on yeah, Facebook Live yesterday, yeah. so. Yeah, that was something I didn't expect I'd uh, <laughs> experience in my lifetime. I, is... Who knows when I'll be able to see my family again. Yeah. I think all weddings should be on Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I prefer Skype, personally, but. Uh, I mean, if. Yeah, yep. Your laggy. sister can put a wedding on Facebook Live. We can put a podcast on Facebook Live. Yeah. What's Facebook? We, we, can. we need to yeah. be edited, Leland. Yes, we need the edit. <laughs> yes, and, you uh... all do. Yes, you all do. <laughs> uh-huh. Leland's Mr. the most qualified uh, last after to party. comment on that. Last after party, you said when you don't like the way you sound, you have been known to re-record your own segments. You That's said. hilarious. I've re-recorded stuff for, for episodes, but I've never done that for an after party. That well, I'll, yeah, no. I'll let you and, know I mean, about. you might cut out the 10 minutes of rambling. That, uh, you had I've, 10 minutes of rambling. I have say. sent Leland clips of me re-recording stuff that I've said as well. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, there was one, <laughs> one place. So I don't remember what episode that was in. It was so masterfully done. I was early on. Yeah, I used... What was the word? The word that I meant to say was integral, but I said another word that sounds like integral. that, but does not mean the same thing at all. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> In- integer. Now, that was a long time ago. Today, would you worry about that? Less, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're supposed to be more polished now. You're supposed to worry about that more. <laughs> no, I'm a bit of a stickler for stuff like that. As soon as I use a big word in real life with Bill, I ask him if I used it correctly. Because if I didn't, he'll he'll tell me anyway. So there are times. Not in public. I wouldn't. No, not in public. I it's don't only do it in public. It's only day ten of quarantine together <laughs> where I'm like, did I use it right, honey? I don't care. You or a boat. Nobody likes. <laughs> nobody likes the grammar or spelling or whatever. Police person. Yeah, I was going to use grammar a good word, police. Yep. A good word. Oh. Not a good word. Hmm. I could have pointed it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I think that is it for questions now. Jeez. Yeah. We. You know what? A hundred and three episodes, and we have yet to nail a sign off on one of these fucking things. That I don't think will ever change. Why start now? Why start now? I don't know. Yeah. Why, why start, not start now? now? <laughs> we got a couple things we want to plug still, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. don't even get me started on the plugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Um, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on air, maybe once or twice, but we have a Discord channel that anyone is free to join. It's sometimes chaos, sometimes quiet, sometimes in between. Always incorrigible. Yeah, we, we did talk about it on the last after party that we recorded two days ago. But, yeah, never answered it before. Well, that was a long time ago, Leland. <laughs> what do you want from me? Bill didn't take notes afterwards oh, on that Bill. one. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody add that to the website? Because I didn't. Yeah, we should probably make the link available somewhere. I don't know how people are supposed to join it. <laughs> they really want it. They They'll can find, find it. it yeah. Reach out to us on Incorrigible Part and tell us, hey. Well, yeah, Emma popped up in there this past week. I don't know how she got the link to it. Uh, we sent it to her. Oh, okay. Did we? That makes. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. Okay, fine. What a creeper! She's just that good. She's a she's a you wizard. I don't want it. She's a wizard, Emma. That keck. Uh, we should ask her. That's weird. <laughs> oh my god! Can someone fucking wrap this up, please? I'm too tired to do it. <laughs> it's all right. You don't have to get up for work in the morning. Okay. Yeah, we got we got a Patreon thing because. Uh, it's been a year, and we, we've we mentioned it before, so, you know, hey, it's out there. Uh, if, if I know times are rough right now, and we don't really expect it to be anything amazing, but if you got a, th- a few extra bucks that you want to throw our way to help us out, that's great. If not, fantastic. If you decide to do it and, uh, you know, you end up you're not being able to, to continue, then feel free to just cancel. There's we're, no... Hard feelings on our end at all. We're just uh, putting it out there so we can help, uh, you know, keep the show going a little bit better, put out some more content, and we wanted to to, to use that as sort of the tool to do it. So um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I mostly don't like the lot of you anyway. So, yeah, if you pledge and then cancel right away, uh, no skin on my nose. Yeah. <laughs> if they pledge and cancel, is their inspiration void? That does that does void the inspiration. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it voids right. the inspiration. While while I do find it awkward to to put something out there asking for money, I am excited about the things that we're offering. I think it's going to be cool uh, for anyone who who is financially able to. I think there's going to be some cool stuff that that we'll be able to do through it, like 
giving the party or Leland if if you want to see the world burn. Um, inspiration. <laughs> burn more. The world is burning already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, it is in fact the incorrigible party that is in the way of quell, uh, qu- quelling that, quenching that fire that is burning Aspara. <laughs> And I am the Could hero. Be. Leland is the her- her- only hero in Aspara. All right. No. So uh, I've been Elena and Mia. You started <laughs> I'm wrong. Just- <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to c- cut him off from s- declaring himself the hero here. This oh, is, uh, okay. You just say no. That's all. I- this is- no. I don't accept that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute it with my own. Yes. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline if Leland is the hero. <laughs> now, I think I think to, to sign off here, I think the first thing we need to say is thanks to everybody who's been listening and for the uh, to the show and all the new listeners that are out there that are, are catching up. I mean, we're seeing a lot of new people downloading uh, older episodes, and they may not hear this for a year or so, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it is... Hey, Dean. Hey, Jerry. Number one. Huh? Hey, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Phil. <laughs> hey, Cassie. You'll get here eventually. Cassie's listening to this. <laughs> hey, Jen. No, I think I think uh, the the main thing is we enjoy playing it together and recording it. That's great, but it is fun to interact with people and and talk about the stuff that we're we're creating, and it, it does make uh, the wider audience does make it a lot more fun. We should say hi yeah. to Dave and Dave and Dave and. Dave. Yes. Hey, exactly. hey, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been pretty incredible, and and just again, thanks to everyone who's listened and who interacts with us. I didn't expect that we'd have this many people who who follow have followed along this long and who are as invested into it as as a lot of these folks are. So that's very very cool, and we, and we appreciate it. Anybody else want to say thanks to the audience there, Emily? Thanks! <laughs> Elena, <laughs> Elena, you're never uh, short for words. Say something nice. <laughs> Ditto. Thanks for listening to me talk. I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> it saved Bill a load on therapy, that's for sure. What? <laughs> D&D therapy. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant you talking. I mean, I don't therapy. pay you guys. This is free. It, yeah, he... <laughs> you guys listen to me talk. It's perfect. Talk therapy. Talk therapy. It's good for the soul. Also, hammer therapy, magical bow therapy. You know. This is why we never end any of these. Oh, this things. is why they go on for. This is why they become a bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wants, became a now, bonanza. I've got two chili beans. <laughs> Does anyone have a stink bean? <laughs> Sorry, I got coffee bean. I'm cocoa bean. Cocoa or diamond? coffee bean. Yeah, they're not in the right order. I really want those those <laughs> stink beans. But. I got plenty I mean, of stink beans. I'll, I'll share with you. I'll take two green beans. I wonder how many people are going to get that. Go reference. fish. Plenty. <laughs> that's, a di- that's a different oh, game. Are you sure? You just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's been a fun ride. I've had a I've had a really good time, and I'm going to sign off and say I've been John and Shaft. I have been Emily and Shakara, and saying hi to Ian and Ian. (laughs) 
I'm Elena, and I've been Brynn, the best character to ever live, and then die, and Mia. <laughs> and I'm Bill, and I've been Falzerin, and hi, Mom, if you ever listen to my podcast. If you ever make it to this. <laughs> my mom doesn't listen either, Bill. Know. She tried, and she couldn't, so. My mom, we, like, downloaded I downloaded it, it on her phone, and she still hasn't listened. <laughs> and I'm Leland Steele. <laughs> okay, re-record Happy that. Happy <laughs> If you're really the hero, you need to re-record that. Happy adventuring. (laughs) Happy birthday. Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to the semifinals of the IP March Madness 2020, where West meets East. Alemaster meets Orc Chieftain. Con man turn revenant meets wooden idol turn badger. I know you're all itching to get into the action, and so are our competitors. In our first bout, it's Rugar Alebender versus Clash Bone Collector. Rugar immediately deploys his roving tavern, and still opening up his wagon, getting behind the taps, he's motioning for Clash to take a seat, and Clash takes a seat. Hailbender is eyeing him up now. They seem to be making some sort of small talk. The dwarf is pouring a drink. He slides it across the bar top right into the orc's open hand. The orc drinks it! Reports from the arena floor are in. It appears that Clash is getting some sage advice from Rugar. He pours him another drink. I've never seen this tactic work so flawlessly before, folks. But what is the dwarf's next move? He's pulled another lever on his wagon. And oh my gods, what is that thing? A strange spider-like eel creature has crawled out of a compartment in the back of Rugar's wagon. It's leaping on Clash. The orc seems paralyzed as the creature starts to tattoo his forehead. They're just leaving the arena. Clash and the creature have abandoned the fight. We've seen some strange things in this contest, but that one takes a cake. Rugar Alebender has won his way into the finals. In our next bout, it's Sardo the Revenant versus Barry at the Vicious. It looks like Sardo has gotten some copper replacement hands in between matches. He swings him at Barry, easily connecting with the badger. Sardo's metal prosthetics cripple the animal's back end. Barry's not giving up yet, though he lashes out with blood-stained claws. But he, he doesn't have the reach or mobility to land a strike. Sardo is just toying with him now. The magician moves in to deliver the final blow, turning Barry back into a wooden idol. He scooped Barry up from the dirt floor now. He's, he's carrying him over to, uh, to a halfling in the crowd. Sardo is attempting to sell Barry off. I can't hear them up here in the booth, but I'm getting a direct feed right from the action. Sardo says 15 gold pieces. The halfling says nothing for less than a second. Sardo says he can go as low as 10 gold pieces. The halfling opens his mouth to reply. Sardo says, okay, okay, five gold pieces. The halfling accepts. Sardo will face Rugar in the finals. Hit our next episode.